Hello everyone and greetings today. This is Elder Marion Shepherd with another version of Shepherd's Talk. Again, we uh, hope that you are enjoying uh, our podcast. I hope you're enjoying our topics. And uh, again, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear what you think about what we've said. If, uh, you can go back in the archives and check out some of the other podcasts. And uh, uh, tell me what you think about them. Or tell me what you think about the topics. Or do you agree? Do you disagree with uh, what I've said so far? And, uh, you know, give me, let me have some feedback. I'd love to hear from you. Again, uh, as always, we want to remind you that we have a book titled My Thoughts and Dreams. Uh, it was published back in 2019. Uh, it's a poetry book. It's realistic poetry <clears throat> about real people, real topics, uh, and some things, you know, talk about for discussion. And again, we'd love to again hear your feedback on some of them. Uh, also, remind you that we have a business. Uh, we have a, you know, I was been in construction for 35 years. And about seven years ago, I started in a, a home-based business called Organo. It was Organo Gold uh, when we started, and now it's just been down to organo and we're still going on still going strong we're not giving up you know we haven't reached the level that we want to reach yet but the goal is still there and we're not giving up on our goal um hit some stumbling blocks along the way but again that's just life you know life has a way of throwing stumbling blocks in your way and you're either going to push through it or you're just going to give up and I'm just too stubborn to give up but if you'd like to help us out if you like some of our products uh, we have coffees, teas, hot cocoa, we have vitamins, we have uh, soap uh, we have weight loss shakes, we have uh, detox and energy drinks uh, and we recently we got some new products coming in or recently we got uh, skincare line. It's a very good skincare line, and it's for both men and women. And again, with Christmas coming up, you can make a nice gift for somebody. So, check us out. Our, web, our website is marionshepherd.myorganogold.com. That's M A R I O N S H E P H E R D. Dot myorganogold.com. All small case letters, no capitals, please. Uh, it will pull you up to our website. And it will ask you uh, for what country you're from. It will show the flag of the country, what country you're from, and whether you want uh, English or Spanish. And click up whatever you want you want, and it will bring you to the site, and you can browse through it and uh, see what you like and, you know, order something from us. We, we could appreciate your help. Uh, I want to make an announcement, uh, say not condolences rather, uh, on Friday morning, uh, we got a message that a very, very, very dear lady, uh, by the name of Evangelist Mary Timmons had passed away. Um, uh, I have known this lady since I was five years old. So we're looking 50 years. I have known her. I was at her wedding. In fact, it was actually her wedding that I was at when I came home from work. I thought it was one of the most beautiful weddings I've ever seen. I guess I was only five. <laughs> But I thought it was one of the most beautiful weddings I've ever seen. And actually, uh, we actually had church that Friday night. And they actually got married after, after church. And her husband actually became the head deacon of our church. And, you know, he wasn't saved at the time and delivered. And, you know, give you a brief um, story about her. You know, she was, you know, like everybody else. She was... 
doing her thing and, you know, her baby son got sick and the doctors was telling her that he wasn't going to live long. And she said she started praying and asked the Lord, Lord, if you heal my son, I'll serve you for the rest of my life. I give my life to you. I'll serve you the rest of my life. Please heal my son. Don't take my baby from him. And the Lord healed him. He was healed. Uh, he's still he's still pushing and going today. And and after you know he got well, she gave her life to the Lord. She she's been serving him ever since. And uh, a while later, she got sick, and the doctors told her husband that um, she wasn't going to make it. So he did the same thing. He started praying to the Lord to heal his wife. He said, Lord, if you bless you, heal my wife. I'll, I'll give my life to you. I'll serve you for the rest of my life. And miraculously, she got healed. And he was a man of his word. He gave his life to the Lord. And again, he moved up and became the head deacon of our church, Deacon Ralph Timmons. Now they've... Both passed away, um, and it's 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 been hard uh, when you've known somebody all your life, and she was such a she played such a big role in me being you know who I am in the Lord today and in church today. She, you know, she was one of them preachers, and she didn't sugarcoat nothing. She would tell you what she needed to tell you. If it hurt your feelings, it hurt your feelings. But she would tell you, she would give it to you straight. She didn't have time to play because she said, look, the devil ain't playing with you and neither am I. And uh, she is definitely going to be missed. You know, we were going to actually have a reunion uh, this year, 50-year reunion for our church. But uh, due to the coronavirus, uh, who's going to have it in New York at our home church, but due to the coronavirus and all the shutdowns we had to postpone it and since then uh, we've lost uh, a few of our members founding members of our church you know that uh, had we been there or had we been able to have the program we would have been able to see them so we're sending our prayers out again her name was Mary Timmons but she used to be a Curry and uh, you know her kids are Curry's and uh, we're sending uh, prayers out to their family. Uh, I think her funeral is going to be this Saturday coming. And uh, we're really just praying for everybody. Uh, we want to talk to our subject today uh, that we were basically wanted to go into. And, uh, you know, I just wanted to put that out there because, again, Deeply, deeply, deeply missing her. And, no, you know, and the thing is, and before we go into it, you know, it's been so long. I think it's been, I want to say it's been about eight years since I've seen her. It's the last time I saw her. And, um, you know, again, life has just been life, you know. Working a lot, especially in construction, things went up and down, going through so many difficult times. I really hadn't been able to travel uh, like I really wanted to. And uh, I know after I retired from construction, I did believe that I was going to be traveling more. But of course, um, situations came up and it's like, you know, we'll probably go more into that later on down the line, but pretty much let's say that we had the bottom pulled out from under us and knocked us deep, deep, deep in a pit, and we're still climbing and trying to get out, but uh, again, I'm too stubborn to quit, you know, I always say you can knock me down, but you can't keep me down, y'all probably hear my nose hit a little bit, you know, the weather's changing, things on my sinuses are acting up a little bit. So I might sniffle a little bit. But um, again, as we know, it's election time. Y'all might have heard that there's an election going on. 
and it's something that uh, I say we all need to definitely get involved in, and let's cast our cast our vote. Now I can tell you about me. Uh, I don't tell people who I vote for anymore. Um, for one, it's nobody's business but yours who you vote for. But I do vote, and I do encourage people to vote. And I say to you, exercise your right. Cast your vote. Whoever you want to vote for. If you want to vote for Trump, vote for Trump. You want to vote for Biden, vote for Biden. Uh, whatever Senate races is going on in your state, uh, vote. Whatever uh, congressional races, vote. Judges, let's, I mean, let's put the right people in office. Vote for who you believe is going to take the country further. Vote for who you believe is going to do the job that you're looking to have done. Politicians are politicians. It doesn't matter whether they're Democrat or Republican. They're all politicians. Each side got their own agendas. Each side, you know, nobody's going to be perfect. So, again, I will never tell anyone who to vote for. Mm -mm, never again. I will never tell anyone who to vote for. It's none of my business. You need to, I'm just saying, don't just sit home, go vote. And I can tell you how I got this for life. You know, years ago, you know, growing up through all my teens and most part of my early 20s, I was a straight Democrat. Didn't matter what they believed, didn't matter what they said, if they had that D in front of their name, they got my vote. They got my vote. You know, we I voted for the Democrat. Didn't know what they stood for other than the fact that they was Democrats and they wasn't Republicans. Well, as time went on, and as I said, you know, uh, I've said in other podcasts, I started listening to talk radio, you know, because the music radio just played the same old songs over and over and over again. And I got tired of hearing the same songs. And one of my, my supervisors, uh, you know, sometime I would drive his truck to run errands or do a service call. And he kept it on talk radio. And I kept changing over to the gospel station because I didn't want to hear that. And one time I forgot to turn it back. <laughs> and like anybody who loves music, I had it cranked up. <laughs> and I also forgot to turn the uh, the volume down. So after I got it back, gave him his keys, the day went on. He's getting ready to go check on the job sites. And he gets in his, he gets in his truck and he cranks it up and... <laughs> <laughs> you said that the radio scared him. He goes, um, he heard this loud music pumping. He goes, what in the world? He goes, I didn't even know I had that kind of station on my radio. So we got a big laugh out of it. But I realized, you know, some, I, I, get, I get caught up in my gospel music. And uh, I just forgot to turn his radio station back. So <clears throat> the next time I drove his truck, uh, I made sure I just left it on the station because I know I'll get caught up into it and I'll forget. So, uh, as I'm driving the truck, uh, running these errands and going to these job sites and picking up people and stuff, uh, we started, uh, I was just listening to the talk radio thing. I was, and one of the guys said, he, he came on, his name was Dan Moon. And I remember he said, music radio entertains, talk radio educates, because you get to hear what's really being said other than just enjoying the, the beat of the music and, uh, you know, making you feel like dancing. And he, he had a good point. It, it was true. Uh, so as I'm listening, I'm listening, I'm listening. And uh, I remember it was a Saturday morning. I think I was about... It was actually 1988. I'll put it like that. Uh, and I remember, so we're looking like 32 years ago. Uh, 
I was listening. It was a Saturday morning teen show that came on. And they was talking about the election with the, uh, and then it was uh, George Bush Sr. And with Dan Quayle as his vice presidential uh, running mate. And there was Michael Dukakis and Lloyd Benson as his VP. And of course, you know, and I'm going to go, this kind of, I was thinking the other day about the comparisons with the two uh, Bushes, Sr. and Jr., um, you know, when, um, George Bush Sr. was running and he had Dan Quayle as his, uh, running mate, people used to make fun of Dan Quayle as being the baby and George Bush Sr. being the papa or the granddad. And, you know, they would make, even with S, you know, Saturday Night Live, they would do these skits of, you know, Dan Quayle coming to talk to George Bush Sr. And he's like the little kid, so he sits him on his lap and they're talking, and then when uh, George Bush Jr. ran, you know, and he, he and he had Dick Cheney as his running mate, it was kind of reversed. Now Cheney's the old man, and Bush Jr. was the you know was like the little kid. So it was kind kind of funny the comparison, you know. Either way, you know, Senior was still the dad, and Junior was still the kid. <laughs> so I thought it was kind of funny. But anyway, we was watching this. Uh, I was watching this Saturday morning uh, teen show that was on, and they had, at the time, the two vice presidential candidates. <clears throat> they was going to ask them a question and give them both the, a chance to answer. And so Dan Quayle went first, and he answered. He They asked him the question. He gave an answer. And I was actually listening. I wanted to hear what he had to say. And I heard his answer, and I said, okay, I like that. It makes sense. And then it was Bush, and then it was Lloyd Benson's turn. Asked him the exact same question, and he gave this crazy uh, speech. Uh, he just he just never answered the question. He just started talking about some political stuff and this and that and I'm you know and like I said we talking 32 years ago I still don't know what the man was talking about I'm just being honest with you I have no clue what Lloyd Benson was saying and my first thought was these are kids these are little kids they're teenagers why wouldn't you just give them a, a straight answer I mean you know can't you turn it off and I remember going to work the, uh, that following Monday, and it was just we was talking about it uh, thing, and I said, and I brought it up, and I said, I said the thing is, he didn't answer the question. He just went around every little thing, and there was no direct answer. And I said, I, I said, okay, yeah, I get it when there's a bunch of adults around, you know, more mature minds, but you're dealing with children. And you can't turn it off. You can't just give them a straight answer. And, you know, of course, you know, my boss and superintendent being, you know, Republicans, they were like, well, see, the thing is, you got to pay attention to what's being said. And I said, maybe that's my problem. Maybe I haven't paid attention to really what's going on. So I started paying attention. I started listening. I started uh, I want to hear what the candidate said. I mean, even in the last uh, vice president presidential debate uh, with Mike Pence and Kamala Harris, you know, I was listening. I wanted to hear what each candidate had to say. I wanted them to answer the questions when they got the questions. I wanted to hear their answers. But both of them, in my opinion, and I was talking to somebody else about it, you know, they kept going around the questions. They never would give a straight answer. And I think, and that's when I find kind of turning off on a lot of, why can't you just give a straight answer? And maybe somebody who's more political than me uh, can give an answer to that question. But why can't the candidate say, you know, it's like going into a lawyer's office and speaking, you know, legal in legal terms that so far over a lot of other people's heads that they don't know what they're talking about all when a doctor prescribe uh says you have uh 
some other name of a you know of a disease or something or a thing that comes up and the way they say it it just sounds so bad and kind of find out you just got the sniffles or you got but the way they talk the language that is used and I even found this in business the language that is used uh, can really go over a lot of people's head and uh, and I you know I know I'm trying to str I'm straying from the topic a little bit but in Again, that even happens in churches, and it happens a lot with preachers because I've noticed that a lot of times preachers, when somebody could ask a simple question or they would make a comment or something, you know, we're having a discussion, and it's like the preachers, I notice a lot of preachers, they're on all the time. So they're coming at you with scripture and this and that. And yes, it's great, you know, scripture, but see, everybody's not on that level. When you got people just coming into the Christian body or just starting to come to church or maybe come, you know what, their, their mature, Christian maturity is not on the same level as yours because again the Bible says when they come in they're like little babes so they have to be taught they have to learn they have to grow mature but a lot of times and I've seen it myself a lot and I'm I'm, I'm sure I know I've done it a couple of times or two because again I thought that was the way you're supposed to do it yes you know you quote a scripture and but sometimes you know you're not giving them what they need they know scripture they learn in the scripture, but they don't always know the meaning. And another comparison I'll say with this, uh, back when I was in high school in Somerville, South Carolina, uh, we were in a, in a music theory class. And we were taking our test. And I might have said this on a different podcast or another broadcast that I used to do. Um, but we were in music theory class and we were getting ready to take our final exams. And one day, so he had all the kids around, you know, stand, sitting in. A, he was at the in the center, and we were like uh, in a circle around him. And the teacher would go by, and he would ask a question. Okay, what is the definition of? I don't know this word here. It's almost forty years um, since I've been in school. <laughs> Uh, so he asked the question and I just, he got to me and I sprouted out the whole definition. And I remember one of the girls in the class said, what did you do? Memorize the whole thing? I said, yeah. He, and he looked at me and he said, you're right with your answer. He said, if we were taking a test and I asked this question and you wrote this down, um, you would get you would get a hundred, you would get a correct because that's right. You know the definition. Then he asked me a question. He says, But what does it mean? And I couldn't give him an answer. He says, You got the definition right. What does the definition mean? What is it really saying to you? And I couldn't give him an answer. He says, he he said, This is what I want I want you to y'all to ever understand. Don't just know the definition, know the meaning, know what's real. In other words, know what's really being said. So when you looking at a person and I get it when it comes to Donald Trump, there's a lot of hatred for Donald Trump. People loved him on The Apprentice. They loved him. They couldn't wait. They loved when Donald Trump said you're fired. They loved that. That's why he had his show was one of the top rated shows. People love Celebrity Apprentice. They love Donald Trump until he became president. Now they hate Donald Trump, and they still hate Donald Trump. And look, you got a right to hate who you want. It's not, you know, I don't. Again, it's not my preference. I'm not trying to convince anybody one way or the other. I'm just saying, you know, you know. Again, some people love you. Some people are gonna hate you. It's just the way it is. But the thing is, you got to know. What's really being said? You got to know what the agendas are. You got to know what the meanings are. What is their purpose? Why are you putting this purpose, this person, 
in office? Why is this person going to get your vote over the other? Have you gone through their track record? Have you gone through their history? Uh, is it just an emotional thing? Why is it that you're voting for a person or a bond or uh, a referendum on a ballot? Why are you making that vote? Is it because somebody said something to you? Is somebody told you who you should vote for? Or is this something you made up in your mind? In your mind that this is who I'm voting for. This is this is it and this I know my reasons why I'm voting for this person, so I'm gonna vote. I remember back when I was eighteen, uh the first time I went to vote and so after school one day, uh my parents was like, We're gonna go vote, are you gonna go vote? I said, Sure, I already I was already registered, had my card. And I remember we got in the car. I left home, got in the car, I was driving on the road. I was sitting in the back, my parents were in the front, and they were just having a conversation, just talking. And we got to the voting place, stood in line. Uh, it was our turn to go in, so they got us registered in and got everything in, and we had to sit at the seat until somebody else came out. We had room, and then, okay. Uh, I think my mother went first, and my dad went, and I went to the next booth. Uh, when it became clear, and we had those paper ballots that you had to fill in uh, the check or next to the name, whatever. And you went behind this little mini curtain. Uh, so it was closed off. So it was just you and that ballot. You know, it wasn't just like a, like they have now with the little cardboard cutouts in the ditch. No, you went behind this curtain. You had a ballot ticket. And you filled it out manually. And you put it in this box. And that was it. So we did all of that. After everybody voted, we got back in the car. On our way home, parents was having another conversation, whatever, not one time, not one time did anybody talk about uh, who would you vote for, uh, you know, did you vote for a Democrat, did you vote for the Republican, none of that was ever discussed. All they cared about is the fact that you voted. That's all my parents cared about. That's all. When I got home, nobody in my family asked who I voted for. They asked, did you vote? And I said, yes. And they said, yeah, we all went in. We, we all went in. We got our tickets. We voted. We came out. We came home. You know, whatever decided was decided that election night of who we voted for. Did they win? Did they lose? So... I think a lot of people, and I think a lot of, again, especially in this world today, um, I call it the Sid the Science Kid age. If you remember, anybody remember the show Sid the Science Kid? After all the introductions, uh, when the show was coming on, before it goes to the end, he would say, hey, you know about, you heard about the kid who wants to know everything about everything? And they would go, that's you. That's kind of the way our world is today. And again, it could be because, again, we got social media, we got the internet, we got all this other stuff. Um, but everybody wants to know everything about everybody so they can have an opinion about it. Everybody wants to have an opinion on who you like, who you, who you don't like. Kind of like back when we was kids and say there was a kid in school that uh, somebody just somebody just didn't like for whatever reason. They just didn't like them, and but you was cool with them. But if after a while, if, you know, if you talk to them, or you was cool with them, guess what? Now they gonna not gonna they gonna stop liking you because you like that person. Even though y'all all friends, okay, they may not be friends anymore. But because y'all friends, and you might have known this person longer than you know the person that's mad at him. But because, in a way, it's people's status. Uh, you know, I don't care where you go. There's the in crowd. There's the want to be in in the in crowd, and there's the outcast, so to speak. So if you, you know, whichever group you find yourselves in, so this person 
maybe cool. Y'all been the best of friends. Y'all always had a great time together. But because somebody in the in crowd or somebody who everybody had a lot of respect for didn't like this person, now they upset with you if you like them. They upset with you if you friends with them. If you cool with them, no, that, that ain't right. They ain't, you know, they're going to get mad with you. So now they're mad. They're not talking to you because you friends with this person. But it's got to be your choice. You have to choose, you know, who's going to be in your circle. Okay, so they don't get along. Okay, well, we ain't going to hang out together with them. When I hang out with them, I'll be with them when I'm hanging with you. If they can't get along. And I, and I say, you know, even in this political season, uh, we have a lot of that. And we have, oh my gosh, you know, since the last election, you know, families don't like each other, uh, you know, because of their political beliefs or who they voted for. Uh, you know, husbands and wives is been arguing about this and you hear about this a lot. You hear about, you know, people who uh, were once good friends with other folks because of who they voted for. They're no longer friends. It's like no one has a right to their opinion anymore. No one has a right to feel like an individual anymore. In other words, unless you part of the clique, then uh, nobody wants to be around you. Nobody wants something. So, again, you may like Donald Trump. Your friends may hate Donald Trump. Your family members may hate Donald Trump. But because you like Donald Trump, guess what? They're going to cut you off. Because they can't stand Donald Trump. You may be for Joe Biden. Same scenario. Some people don't like Joe Biden. They don't want to... Be around Joe Biden. They don't respect Joe Biden. But because you like Joe Biden, guess what? Now they don't like you. You a traitor. You this and that. It's crazy. It's crazy how people are no longer allowed to have their own opinions. Their own views. Unless you think. It's kind of like a mob thing. Unless you think the way we think, unless you vote the way we want you to vote, you know what? We're going to blacklist you or we ain't going to talk to you or, you know, we can't be friends no more. No, we can't date no more. We can't. Look, everybody has a right, again, to be an individual, have a right to believe. If they look, if they took the time and weighed the pros and cons of what they was looking at, or found what they was looking for and this person or that. Again, when you go in that voting booth, it's nobody's business. Nobody's business who you vote for. My thing is, go vote. Let your voice be heard. Don't not vote by November 3rd and the person that you didn't want to win wins. And then you out on November 4th, you are protesting and rioting and everything else, but you didn't go vote. What are you rioting about? Oh, well, I knew it wasn't going to be nothing anyway. I knew it didn't matter how I vote. It wasn't going to count. They're going to do what they want to do. I am so sick and tired of hearing that. That is just a cop-out excuse. If it wasn't if it wasn't necessary, if it wasn't important, if your voice was not meant to be heard, why did all those people die in the 60s? Why did all those people march to give you voting rights? Why did people have dogs put on them? Why did people have hoses turned on them? Why were people beaten and killed and raped and everything else to get that right to vote, to give you that right to vote? And for you to say it ain't nothing, it ain't nothing. It is something. But then you want to get mad if the bond referendum that you was hoping for to pass because you want to see certain things done didn't pass. Oh, I didn't vote. 
But they're going to do what they want to do anyway. Sit down. We got to stop using these cop-outs. We got to stop letting other people in our ears telling us what we need to do and how we need to do. Yeah, learn from what's going on. But again, hear what's being said. See what's going on. You know, again, that's why I said I really felt like, wait a minute. I need to know what's going on. I've not been listening to these people. I've been following, you know, what other people have wanted me to follow, you know. All of a sudden, again, I'm voting all Democrat. Then after this thing with Lloyd Benson and all this other stuff, I started voting all Republican. Then all of a sudden, I'm starting seeing what's going. You know, it's again, it's on both sides. And then all of a sudden, you know, years ago, then Ross Perot came out. So here's an independent candidate. So okay, so you know, and again, it in a way it got confusing. Because then I was just used to this two-party system, but I know they've always had independent candidates, uh, but they don't make a whole lot of noise. Ross Perot was probably one of the biggest independent candidates that really uh, made some noise and you know showed that yeah he can stand with the other two parties and uh, and go toe to toe with him, and he did a heck of a job. You know, I just didn't believe Ross Perot really wanted the job, the position. I felt like, you know, Ross Perot has made billions uh, in business and he had all this knowledge. And, you know, he was a businessman and he wanted to really get things turned around as a, in the businessman formula. You know, my boss at the time, that was one of his biggest things. He goes, he's a businessman. So he understands how to create business. He understands how to make the deal. He understands how to build infrastructures and uh, how to put people to work. And uh, so that was his thing with Ross Perot. And, uh, you know, we were going back and forth between Bush, Clinton, and Perot. And uh, it really made an interesting race. But again, I just didn't believe that Perot wanted it as bad. I felt like Perot was bored. Perot needed something to challenge him. Uh, and he had the money because he funded his own campaign. He had the money. But see, and he wasn't just talking politics. He was actually, he had a plan. He actually had, you know, he always came out with his charts and everything. So he had a plan. He had a vision. He had a plan. Uh, was people ready for Ross Perot? Some were, and not everybody was. But uh, again, but you had the opportunity, you had to make your decision. And you can decide that you're not going to vote. My thing is, don't not vote by November 3rd or on November 3rd and again complain on November 4th. Because the time... To make your voices heard, right now we're here in North Carolina, we have early voting. Early voting started on the 15th of this month. It goes through the 31st. So, and I've already cast my ballot. You know, I took my daughter today also, and she cast her ballot. So, we've already voted. So, we're not waiting to the last minute. Again, my thing is, you have to go vote. It's important that you go vote. It's not none of our business who you vote for. I will say that forever and a day. We cannot tell you who to vote for. Listen to the candidates. Listen to what they stand. Listen to their plan of what they want to do and make your decision based on that. Not because your friends, your family, your your husband, your wives, whatever. your, your Again, Quit telling people all your business. All they got to know is that you voted or that you didn't vote. If you want to tell them that. Who you voted for is nobody's business. That's the one thing that (laughs) should still be yours and yours alone. Vote your conscience. Vote with who you believe in. Vote. Don't vote because it's popular. You know, a lot of people get put in positions 
Not because they can do the job, not because they are trained in it or skilled in it or whatever. They moved it. It's because they're popular. And sometimes popular people <coughs> make bad uh, decisions. Um, and sometimes when we put, you know, again, people put certain people uh, in high places in their businesses. They will overlook people who been with their companies for years, who know the company, who know the business, who know how things work. They will overlook them, but they will take they will bring this other person in because uh, he's a family member or he's dating someone in the family or maybe he married into the family. And they're going to put him in charge of certain things in the business. And guess what? He makes all these mistakes. This is not how we run things. This is how we do. Oh, he starts making these changes. And these changes cause issues. And, you know, then when things not going right, then all of a sudden, uh, you know, he's looking to blame other folks instead of, you know, the changes he's made. So other people will get fired when things start going out. All of a sudden, you start seeing profit margins go down. Uh, you start seeing the... Uh, the morale in the company starts waning because, again, things are not... And don't get me wrong. Change is difficult. Change is... But, again, it has to be productive. It has to be working. And so, again, when you cast your vote, if you just cast it for a person that you like and sometimes over a person that you don't like... Um, uh, you could put the wrong person in in power, and having the wrong person in power could be devastating. Uh, you know, again, I remember we uh, was in South Carolina. We were building a school, and this guy, they, you know, I guess he came through. He came from a different job, and I guess he had his license or whatever, and they made him foreman. And, uh, you know, so we had to, you know, we had a layout, you know, the, the head guy, the head, the superintendent that was there, uh, they sent him to a different job and the foreman that was there, they made him superintendent. So then they brought another foreman in to help him and he, he wasn't ready for it. Uh, this was a huge, I mean, you, you figure you, you building an elementary school. This was a huge school, a huge project. And, uh, if you're not on it, it can get away from you. If you don't know decision-making, it can get away from you. And there were times and, you know, you know, I was a single dad at the time. I was, you know, working through a temp service because I really couldn't, work a permanent job. I had three teenagers I was raising and, you know, two had ADHD, one had scoliosis. So I had a lot on my hands, you know, I had a lot of doctor's appointments. I had to go to school appointments. Uh, sometimes my kids getting in trouble in school, a uh, whole lot of things. So I, you know, I really wasn't a dependable person at the time, not because I didn't want to be, but you know, when you're a parent, you're a parent and being a dad came first, you know, Unfortunately, my job had to come secondary, even though I needed my job to take care of my family. But, you know, I had to do what I had to do. So, you know, there was times and me and the superintendent, we had to talk about, you know, this foreman. I'm like, look, do you see what this guy's doing? I said, he's only been here a week or two and he's making waves. And he looked at it as, yeah, but he's firing everybody up. He's getting people motivated. I said, no, he's firing them up, but they're not motivated. I said, um, I'm going to be honest with you. I said, there was a couple of guys that was ready to put him under that cement slab. Uh, he's really rubbing people the wrong way. He's doing, he's like, just, you, you got to give him time. He goes, I mean, you're not upset that he's a foreman and you're not. I said, no. I said, look, you know me. His name is Rick. I said, Rick, you know me. 
you know what, my ego, I don't have one of those big egos to feed. I will respect everybody and you know, I will do my best to help him. But he doesn't want to take advice. He doesn't want... He's, I said, look at the reports that we used to do before he got here. Look at the reports that we're doing now. And uh, they, they've changed. And the reason they've changed is because he keeps telling us we're doing everything wrong. So he's changing all the structures. He's doing stuff. He actually, we had a, I had a meeting with one of the uh, HVAC guys. They had a supply and return ducts. I know I'm a little technical on this. Supply and return ducts, and they had to run through a certain area. Well, and then again, up in the ceiling, and of course, the ceiling was had to be so high, and where our pipes had to be, so, you know, we can't be but so low, because if not, we'd be below the ceiling grid. And uh, so, I looked at it, our pipes are right in the way, and wasn't that much, but our conduit pipes, you know, electrical pipes, um, so what I said I can do, he told me what he needed, how much room he needed. And I said, I can swing that. I said, what I can do is I can run a saddle underneath and it's just the way we bend a piece of pipe. You offset it down, you run it across and then you offset it back up. And that's called a saddle. Four point saddle is what it's called. And, uh, but I could I was not authorized to make that decision. So I called Foreman over. He came and he looked at it and I, I said, okay, this is what they need. This is what we need. I said, so what I, <clears throat> so my proposal is to cut it here, bend me a saddle long enough to give him room plus, plus allow him the uh, two inches because he had, to, he had to, you know, insulate it. And the insulation is two inches thick. So <clears throat> I can make enough room from here to here, saddle underneath, tie it in, and then they can go ahead and cut this out and do what they want to do. And his response was, don't worry about it. Just go ahead and cut the pipe. I'm like, cut the pipe? He says, yeah, y'all just go ahead and cut it, put your stuff in, and then we'll fix it later. <clears throat> and I said, I said, look, we need to take care of this now. Can't let them cut this pipe. I said, it won't take me long to just cut it here. I mean, because it was, not only was it a tight spot, but the way the pipe was run, it was in a really, really bad place. It wasn't like you could really just take this off the wall and reconfigure. I mean, it, really, it as they say, it took some skill to get it where I needed it to be. And it, where, where it was safe for them and safe for us to keep keep the job moving forward, not going back. Well, he told them to cut it again. I was overruled. And so they did what they had to do. They ran their duck. And this, uh, a few weeks later, we was having some issues on the job. And superintendent and I was walking the job talking about some stuff. And <clears throat> how bad some of this stuff was looking. Y'all forgive me for my... The sinuses. Um, and we're looking at it and we're talking about, you know, I said, you know, we, we're falling behind because, you know, we, we're redoing work and we have to come back and this is going up. And, you know, the communication wasn't there between our foreman and their foreman to hash what needs to go on. So, you know, a lot of times, you know, I was a lead guy. So, I, you know, I would not only look through the electrical plans, but I would look through the mechanical plans, which was HVAC. I'd look through the plumbing plans because I had to see if we got something here and they got, because, you know, if their print shows, they got to put something at that spot and the plumber's got to put a valve and then the sprinkler guy's got to put their valve. Okay, so we got to go and hash this out where we can all run our stuff, get, you know, we may have to adjust here or there, to make it work for everybody, but it would run smoother. And uh, we was walking through and we talking about it. And I just happened to see <clears throat> the duct work coming through the wall and our pipes cut on both sides. And I looked at my, I looked at my boss and I said, see, this is what I'm talking about. Look at this. This was finished work. 
Now it's cut. Now look at. Now we got to redo this. See, this is what's setting us back. So of course, he goes and he gets the HVAC guys foreman, and he, and he's giving him an earful. Said, "Look, you know, we're getting behind because look, your guys cut my pipe. This is finished work. You know, somebody's got to pay for this." And so he goes and he gets his guy who did the cutting, and he goes, "Oh, you." The electrical foreman told me to go ahead and cut it. So he's like, look, I just did what your foreman said. We can, he can do it. You know, this other guy was asking him to run a saddle or something. He goes, yeah, should have did a saddle. He said, well, the guy wanted him to do a saddle, but he told him, no, just go ahead and cut it. He'll fix it later. So I had permission. I cut it. So he went and got him <clears throat> and... uh Told him about it, and then now uh, he's backtracking. You know, I wouldn't tell them to cut our pipe. Why would I tell them to do that? That's just... But again, he was he he didn't. <clears throat> he had knowledge. He had skills. Some of the time he had book. A lot of people on certain fields they got book knowledge. You know, they can study a book and study a manual and run a test, and I mean they can pass they ace every test again. They understand definition. They understand structure, but they didn't understand problem solving, and that was one of his issues. Even though he sound, he talked a good game, but when it came down to problem solving, and again, the job was so overwhelming for him, he was just just go ahead and do what you're gonna do. We'll come back later. It's not the way he did. So <clears throat> I said all of that to say vote. Vote for the person you believe is going to do the best job. Vote for the person you believe is going to take the country forward, move the country forward. We're still in this pandemic. Vote for the person you believe is going to help us get through. We don't know when this thing is going to be over. I mean, we really thought it was going to be over long before now, and it's still here. And the numbers are starting to go back up. Vote for the person that you believe has the right knowledge, the skill set, the know-how, the problem-solving skills that is needed to help us not only through the pandemic crisis, our economic situation, uh, <clears throat> the racial tensions that's going on in the world. I mean, there's so much going on, and I know... Even like myself, I'm sure there's a lot of people that's just overwhelmed right now. Um, you know, even, again, I'm self-employed as a Lyft driver. And, you know, you know, with other people out of work, it, short, it, it cut out a lot of stuff. A lot of these businesses are closed. Guess what? We're not taking people to bars anymore. We're not picking them up to the nightclubs. We're not taking people to the movies and... Out going out having a good time. So guess what? We've been cut back. You know, our finances has been cut back. And again, our car breaks down. We got to fix them. We buy our own gas. We get our own oil change. And you know, with me, I drive about, I do three months worth of driving on my car in a month. So I have to change my car, my oil every month. Some people got... <laughs> You know, three to six months before they have to change their oil. I have to change mine every month. It costs. And when the money's not coming in, so it's 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 hard on you. You know, tires broke that blow up. I got to buy new tires. You know, whatever goes wrong with the car, it's on me. <clears throat> so I'm feeling the pinch. I'm feeling the pressure right now, too, because all these businesses that are closed down. But... Didn't stop me from going to cast my vote. And I voted my conscience. I voted for the people that I wanted to to win and that I felt going to do good. I mean, some of these people, you know, that on these, and I say, oh, some of these people, they, they're not, especially with a lot of the judges, we don't know them, Supreme Court judges, we don't know them. Uh, but I cast my vote. And. I say to you, and as we get ready to wrap this up, cast your vote. Vote like your life depends on it. 
Vote because you want to get the right person in office. Vote because you want to keep the right people in office. Vote because, not just because you're mad, vote because you know it's the right thing. Who you vote for is the right person. Um, again, don't just go out marching, getting angry if the person you vote for don't win. I Can we solve this? You know what? Nothing is going to go our way all the time. Nothing. I have never seen an, even an election process where if the person we voted for didn't win, we went out and rioted like what we've seen this time here. I mean, and again, a lot of people out there doing a lot of this stuff didn't vote. What you mad about? What you? What are you so angry about? This if, because the system failed? No. When you didn't vote, you failed it. You failed it, but now because the person you wanted, you felt like, you know, it was a shoe in. Again, they have polls out there. Sometimes these polls are right. Sometimes these polls are wrong. You know, they don't poll everybody. So don't just think that the person. You want in office is the automatic shoe in because, with all due respects, a lot of people in 2016 just knew Hillary Clinton was going to be the next president. She was the first. She was going to be the first woman president. She was. She was in. There was nothing going to stop her. The polls showed it. Donald Trump won. So, don't assume. You know. Back on when American Idol was on, when you had Randy, Paula, and Simon, and people would get sent home that were extremely good, and they would uh, they would ask ask Randy Jackson, "What do you think went wrong? Why do you think she got sent home? Why do you think they're in the bottom?" He says, "You know what? Because sometimes people <clears throat> who are really good, the people who are voting assume." That they automatically going to go to the next level. They automatically go to the next round. So they don't vote. Now the person that they really wanted. To continue on. Is now in the bottom three. And in danger of being sent home. And you know that's what happened. Even when Jennifer Hudson was. A contestant there. It's like. <clears throat> I think Jennifer Hudson. It was Fantasia. And I think it was named Latoya London. I believe was her name. All three of them was in the bottom half, and they were the three best singers on the, you know, on the show. And that's he was like, "No, this is wrong. This is wrong." And I think that's when Jennifer Hudson got sent home, and he said, "People, you have to continue to vote. You can't just assume. You have to vote. This is wrong that this young lady's getting ready to go home." Of course, hey, she she rose to the top of it, but still. <sighs> If you hadn't made up in your mind yet, make up in your mind that you're going to vote. Maybe you don't know who you're going to vote for yet. Maybe you're undecided. But my thing is, between now and November 3rd, make up in your mind that you're going to vote. Find out who you need to vote for. Find out who is the person that you believe is ready is going to lead this country the way it's supposed to be. I hope that this has been helpful to you. I hope you enjoyed it again. If you, again, I would love to hear from you. Uh, if you listen to this podcast, if you have an agreement, disagreement, however you, you just want to tell me that you like the podcast uh, or you don't like it, you know, however you feel, just I would love some feedback from you and to hear, you know, let's interact. Let's, let's discuss it. There's a place where you can comment uh, and I will reply. And, you know, we can have a discussion. And um, I'm hoping, uh, again, that, you know, the Lord blesses us to continue this. I'm really enjoying doing this. And I'm really enjoying uh, having my voice and, and lending my voice uh, to certain causes and certain things. And, again, of course, with my poetry, I love sharing my poetry. And I love... Uh, you know, again, still looking to do my next book, and I got some music I want to do in the future, and I got some, so I have a whole lot of stuff. I have a whole lot of dreams, and uh, 
I'm going to go for it. You know, this is my time. This is my season. And I'm going to go for it. And I say to you, find your time, find your season, go for your dreams, reach for your goals. This is what it's all about. Okay, that's going to be it for this episode. I thank you again for tuning in. Again, this is Elder Marion Shepherd. This has been Shepherd's Talk. I hope that you have a great weekend. Enjoy your time and go out and vote, vote, vote. This is your time to shine. Bye-bye.